0: call everything, and she noted on the page that she had already sent the new number out to his A-level email list. There were almost 80 people on this list, people who he would want to be able to reach him at any time, almost all of them business associates or business associates he also considered friends. Pierce pressed the talk button again and called the number Monica had listed for setting up and accessing his voicemail program. He then followed the instructions provided by an electronic voice for creating a passcode number. He decided on 92102, the day Nicole had told him that their three year relationship was over. He decided not to record a personal greeting. He would rather hide behind the disembodied electronic voice that announced the number and instructed the caller to leave a message. It was impersonal, but then again, it was an impersonal world out there. When he was finished setting up the program, a new electronic voice told him he had nine messages. Pierce was surprised by the number. His phone had not been put into service until that morning, but immediately hopeful that maybe one was from Nicole. Maybe several. Maybe she'd had a change of heart. He suddenly envisioned himself returning all the furniture Monica had ordered for him online He saw himself carrying the cardboard boxes of his clothes back inside the house on Amalfi Drive. But none of the messages were from Nicole. None of them were from Pierce's associates or associate friends, either. Only one was for him. A welcome-to-the-system message delivered by the now-familiar electronic voice. The next eight messages were all for Lily. No last name mentioned the same woman he had already fielded three calls for. All the messages were from men. Most of them gave hotel names and numbers for calling back. A few gave cell numbers, or what they said was a private office line. A few mentioned getting her number off the net or the site without being more specific. Pierce erased each message after listening to it. He then turned the page on his notebook and wrote down the name, Lily. He underlined it while he thought about things. Lily, whoever she was, had apparently stopped using the number. It had been dropped back into circulation by the phone company and then reassigned to him. Judging by the all-male caller list, the number of calls from hotels, and the tone of trepidation and anticipation in the voices he had listened to, Pierce guessed that Lily might be a prostitute, or an escort, if there was a difference. He felt a little trill of curiosity and intrigue go through him, like he knew some secret he wasn't supposed to know, like when he called up the security cameras on his screen at work and surreptitiously watched what was going on in the garage and hallways and common areas of the office. He wondered how long the phone number would have been out of use before it was reassigned to him. The number of calls to the line in one day indicated that the phone number was still out there probably on the website mentioned on a few of the messages, and people still believed it was Lily's valid number. Wrong number, he said out loud, though he rarely spoke to himself when he wasn't looking at a computer screen or engaged in an experiment in the lab. He flipped the page back and looked at the information Monica had written down for him. She had included the phone company's customer service number. He could, and should, call to get the number changed, He also knew it would be an annoying inconvenience to have to resend and receive email notifications correcting the number. Something else made him hesitate about changing the number. He was intrigued. He admitted it to himself. Who was Lily? Where was she? Why did she give up the telephone number but leave it on the website? There was a flaw in the logic flow there, and maybe that was what gripped him. How did she maintain her business if the website delivered the wrong number to the client base? The answer was that she didn't. She couldn't. Something was wrong, and Pierce wanted to know what and why. It was Friday evening. He decided to let things stand until Monday. He would make the call about changing the number then. Pierce got up from the couch and walked through the empty living room to the master bedroom where the six cardboard boxes of his clothing were lined against one wall, and a sleeping bag was unrolled alongside another. Before moving into the apartment and needing it, he hadn't used the sleeping bag in almost three years.